Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Monday Memo. And I hope you all had a fantastic weekend and looking forward to the week ahead. And one interesting thought I'd like to throw out there is maybe this idea of the irrational CFO. Uh, I know it's probably be a bit of a provocative statement, but it's a play on the title of a book I've been reading at the moment called The Irrational Ape by David Grimes. And it's about why we fall for disinformation, conspiracy theories, propaganda, and in my mind, how CFOs and finance professionals were not immune from this. If anything, it's actually more of a paradox for us because CFOs like, again, a lot of other finance professionals out there are super smart. And that makes us even potentially more prone to rationality. Uh, when you look at studies by the likes of Tetlock and so on, and I think that's the case because we have a lot of information and understanding around us that we can essentially rationalize most things and make them seem rational, even though if they're not, particularly in our quest to make better business decisions. How many of us have jumped to assumptions that uh, I know, like I did when I started, that working longer hours somehow translates into more career success? Or perhaps there was a profitable manufacturing company, actually a very well-known one, whose company was trending very well profit-wise, their, their operating leverage was increasing, sales were actually growing faster than expenses, but their working capital had almost burned out because uh, some of their largest customers were slow to pay because of a change in economic conditions. And because 40% of their sales with, with those customers, uh, they were running out of cash and couldn't pay the salaries or the impending uh, loan repayments. So a profitable business going out of business because, again, the assumption that things were okay because the focus was on the profit and that everything would be fine. That's why, why, as we said on this show, cash is king. But another frustrating one we hear a lot of, and some of you I know have encountered this, is let's say there's a request out there to hire additional team members, whether within finance or sales and so on. And then you get the pushback from the CFO saying, well, we can't do that because we'll go over our OPEX budget, even though the hiring in itself or the project or the initiative could deliver up to an 800% return on a worst case scenario. And then you're probably thinking, well, rationally, what's happened with shareholder maximization or even reallocating resources to the most valuable outcomes? So... Again, I'm not trying to pick on finance professionals and CFOs. Most, a lot of people overestimate the risk of death from terrorism while completely underestimating more likely killers such as diabetes, heart disease, or simply crossing a busy road without looking left and right. And I think the point is, is that our actions won't always line up with economic theory, particularly this theory of the rational person. And to do that, we actually have to suspend some of our rational judgment and the conditions at work nowadays make this completely understandable and firstly when we we work in these fast and environment, paced environments like we do people can be tired stressed particularly in the middle of the day our minds may not be as fresh there's pressure to deliver on deadlines we're very deadline driven in finance we've try and help the businesses deliver to their budgets and most of all the environments we're working in information generally is incomplete and that just probably compounds the pressure on us trying to get decisions, particularly if we, we hold accuracy and consistency up as key principles. And that all feeds into this second factor in my mind, which is 
we have a habit developing mental shortcuts. We call these rule of thumbs or heuristics. And these typically favor speed of decision over quality of decision. And a lot of this you might have heard before, but it, but it comes from the work of Daniel Kahneman. So in the week ahead, if you're thinking about these mental shortcuts and why they happen, well, Kahneman was saying it's to do a lot with our system one type thinking, which, which is about 95% of what our brain focuses on. It's like this default factory setting. It's there to save energy and, and it protected our ancestors. And it was designed that they would react in a particular way if they heard rustling in the bushes. Or, for instance, more modern days, if we don't spot something that looks right in financial statements because we recognize that a growth rate's been incorrectly calculated. And by the way, that's a very strong point. If, if you're ever in a meeting and you're sort of the only finance person there, that ability to, to check or calculate ratios very quickly it's a key uh, value proposition of what we do because over time we've probably developed mental shortcuts to be able to do those things quickly. So spot errors quickly or calculate things like that quickly. But such rustling in the bushes might not be snakes nowadays, particularly in our offices or, or anything even harmful. But, but it's more likely if we're out and about, it could be the wind, it could be birds, it could be foxes as the most likely causes and that leads into our system two brains, which is like the remaining 5% of our thinking. We really should be calculating the likely causes, approximate causes of those effects. But the challenge is, is that our system two brains are a bit slower. They're a bit more logical, more energy intensive. And I suppose you could say extremely lazy. That's why we tend to procrastinate over those difficult tasks that require a lot of focus and brain power to, to get them going and getting them off the ground. And I was just thinking maybe an interesting experiment is to share one of those from Kahneman's book, Thinking Fast and Slow, and it's the baseball baseball bat experiment. So let's say that a baseball and a baseball bat combined together cost $110, and the bat costs $100 more than the ball. So how much does the ball cost? And interestingly enough, if you follow intuition and these rules of thumbs and mental shortcuts, most people will actually say the answer is 10. But if the baseball really costs $10, would that not then mean that if the baseball bat was $110, because it's meant to be 100 more, then you've now got $120. And interestingly, most people make that mistake. But if you were to slow your mind down a bit and access the system to thinking and either create two simultaneous equations or work back deductively from the 110, you'd actually then find out that the baseball cost $5 and the baseball about $105, which is again the 100 more, but in total is the 110 the experiment was looking for. But if, again, you're in that middle of the day and you're tired and, and you're low on energy, then, then accessing your system to thinking could be a bit difficult. Uh, and there was another book I finished by Chris Bellchamber. And Chris deconstructs the best practices of the most successful investors. And he describes the systems they used to make their successful decisions, how they reduced their failures, and also overcame their worst enemy, which was their own minds. And particularly in the book, he makes the point that we can all reduce the impacts of thinking with the wrong part of our brains by one, developing a clear set of rules that exist outside of our our brain system one, 
and allows us then to rely on them because outside the brain. And two, was actually reducing the cognitive expense of our system to thinking by employing software. And we do that with like Excel and Calculate and so on. We've been doing it for ages, but maybe we just need to do it with more things. And that will help us then avoid accessing our system one thinking, these mental shortcuts, when we could actually be using our system two thinking. And hopefully we'll have Chris on the show soon. I'll be speaking with him later today. But in general, that's why we bring on guest mentors into the Strength in the Numbers show to share with you their stories and hard-won lessons on how they manage to reduce maybe their reliance on mental shortcuts or what mental shortcuts they, they did that worked or actually didn't work. Um, and that then helps you straighten the line a bit in terms of go through that sort of wavy line to get to that, that career experience you're looking for. It helps speed up the acquisition of knowledge and turning it into wisdom. And again, that is that is the importance of having guest mentors who will share their stories with us so you can become more influential and have more meaningful careers in finance. So look, hope you enjoyed this week's episodes and, and the thoughts you went through around this mental shortcuts and a rational CFO. And if you did, we really appreciate it when you let your friends and colleagues know and share it with them. You can subscribe on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And as always, we really appreciate investing your time with us today. So until next time, take care of yourselves and let's keep on building our strength in the numbers.